Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. It is a delight to be with you again this week, and I'm looking forward to a powerful conversation around uncompromising intimacy. Personal growth can come through in a lot of different ways, and one thing that I know for sure is that our relationships, whatever type they are, are these amazing containers for that personal growth. They're the opportunity to really discover not only who we are and who another person is, but the deep inner workings that go on within us in terms of our patterns, our behaviors, and the changes that we desire to make. So often, men and women get caught in the rut of living their lives, and when they engage in relationship and in marriage, it can very easily become uh, more of a practice to be uh, roommates than it can be to actually maintain that fire, that passion, that ecstasy, and that intimacy that maybe had begun when the relationship started. So how do we return to that place? This is a show that is about individuals who want to maintain their commitment to their partners, who are looking to enliven the experience that they're having, first and foremost within themselves, so that that ripples out into their relationship as well. And sometimes that means putting it into the relationship first and letting that swell up inside of you. I'm delighted to have the author of Uncompromising Intimacy, Turn Your Unfulfilling Marriage into a Deeply Satisfying, Passionate Partnership. Dr. Alexander Stockwell is a physician-turned-relationship-and-intimacy expert who is known as the Relationship Catalyst and the creator of the Conscious Partnership Program and also the Intimate Marriage Podcast. She believes that the key to passion, fulfillment, and intimacy isn't compromise. It's being unwilling to compromise. Let me repeat that again. It is being unwilling to compromise. I want to share a little bit from her book. She starts off by asking a few questions that are quite profound. How do you co-create a relationship that fulfills your true yearning, one that doesn't just look good on the outside, but truly feeds your soul? How do you create a relationship that fuels your purpose and brings delight and play to every day? How do you create a relationship with both planned and spontaneous adventures to places you want to visit? And how do you create a relationship where you feel the solidity that comes with knowing someone well, plus the delight that comes with discovering new things, having new experiences, and learning more about your partner? As a society, we are collectively struggling in our attempts to build lasting relationships, The divorce rate is staggeringly high, as is the huge percentage of couples who are dissatisfied with the quality of their relationship. You may have read a number of books on how to improve your relationship or how to improve yourself. Maybe you've done therapy at one point or another, experiencing short-term benefits, which may or may not have lasted. Maybe you really don't even know what you want anymore because it feels too hard to figure out. Well, I know that this show and this book, which I have just read from, will be quite enlightening for you. Again, the book is Uncompromising Intimacy. Turn your unfulfilling marriage into a deeply satisfying, passionate partnership. Uh, Dr. Alexandra Stockwell is a wife of 24 years and a mother of four. 
And she guides men and women towards the freedom to be themselves because it's when we feel loved for who we are that our relationships become juicy, nourishing, and deeply satisfying. Welcome, Alexandra, to 1111 Talk Radio. It is a delight to have you here. I'm so grateful to be here and to dive into these topics into the context of 1111 Talk Radio. Oh, well, it's a it's a beautiful book. It's it's not a huge book, but it has got so much in it. And I think that the conversation probably resonates for uh, many couples who have been married for from for quite a few years and are committed to to each other. And I think that there are many couples out there that just don't know how to return to that place or that the walls have built up or as you stated, you know, have their own experiences of childhood or of relationships in their past that they kind of hold on to in some kind of way. And what I found very touching was in the beginning of the book, you talk about how when you entered your marriage, you entered this marriage with commitment, but there was also this underlying thought, I will get divorced at some point. And I I think that's a great place to start because I think any people that are children of divorce may not realize that they're subconsciously holding that kind of lens or that kind of thought uh, simply because that's what they've seen and been exposed to. Can you talk a little bit more about um, how you discovered that thought was there and how it impacted uh, how you were within that relationship? Yes. So as you've really aptly stated, I was committed. I Definitely for my conscious mind and my intentions, I got married with the intention of spending the rest of my life with my husband. He's an incredible man and I was in love and I was very deliberate in choosing to marry him and begin our life together. But I noticed at first it was sneaky, but I noticed that I was kind of having an internal uh, video camera running to capture our special moments with the underlying idea that there would be no more. So I wanted to capture them and hold them. I got married in 1996. This was before everyone was walking around with a smartphone and recording everything the way we now do. So this was a little bit unusual and a novelty that I would be wanting to record things. And we had our first child, we have four children, but we had our first within the first year of marriage. And when she was a baby, even when I was pregnant, I was mentally thinking, oh, I wanna be able to tell her when she's grown how beautiful our relationship was, what a wonderful marriage we had when she was born. And I realized I wanted to do that because there was a part of me that assumed we would not be together. And that's why I would need to tell her that. Mm. And, and that's because of so often the modeling that we have, it, it ends up placing these belief systems uh, within us about what relationships might look like or might turn out like. And so in, in, in working with your child or in, in just having normal life with your child, what did that look like? I want parents of children to understand 
what that might look like in their life so that they can see if this is something that's resonating with them in terms of holding some unconscious beliefs. Okay, well, let me just say a little bit more about my background. I, my parents were divorced when I was nine, turning 10. My parents and my step-parents are all upstanding, responsible citizens who were loyal to, I, I just want to make clear, they weren't irresponsible, they didn't disappear, they didn't, there was nobody who stopped paying child support, I didn't have alcoholism or drug addiction driving irresponsible behavior. These were all people who were upstanding, and yet they really had no idea how to make a marriage last and work for them. My mother was married twice. My father was married twice, although honestly, they both died relatively young. So I don't know how many more times they might have gotten divorced. So that's the context. So I never had any question about what would happen for me professionally, whether or not I'd be able to take care of my children. Those weren't the thoughts. So I'm saying this because I don't think of it as something that would have been labeled traumatic back in those days. But I would just notice that I couldn't be fully present and enjoy the specialness of being with my husband and our baby or just how good my home felt. There was a way in which I couldn't completely relax into that. It felt like it might slip through my fingers. And I wanted to grip it in a way that really doesn't work to hold something like that. Mm, I I think that that's uh, beautifully stated and something that people can grab hold of in terms of what may be going on within them or what may have gone on within them. Before we go further into the discussion of your book, Uncompromising Intimacy, um, you talk about having discovered three main kinds of relationships. And I want to be really clear as to the type of relationship that this work really focuses on, specifically the work that you have created as the blueprint for conscious partnership. Yes, I'm glad to do that. Um, So first of all, the divorce rate in North America anyway is extremely high. It used to be 50% of first marriages, 60% of second marriages, and 73% of third marriages would end in divorce. Those numbers are no longer accurate because millennials are waiting to get married. So with so much waiting time, there are fewer marriages. But the point is that overall, as a society, we do not know how to sustain lasting partnership. But With those statistics and hearing that, we think, well, the couples who are together, that's good. They are staying together. And that's where it's so important to distinguish the different kinds of relationships. So among those couples who stay together, some of them are in what I call a toxic relationship. And the definition of a toxic relationship for me is a relationship which has anger and fear present most, if not all of the time. That's, I think, actually pretty clear that if, you, if your partner 
is angry or you are angry at your partner in a severe way and or you experience fear every day, that is a toxic relationship. Then there's the toleration relationship, which from the outside can look fine, but one or both of the people in the relationship, in the marriage, have internally decided it's going to be over. There's a shocking statistic that fully 25% of couples with children, one of them intends to get divorced when the children are out of the house. Now, whether or not that goes on to happen, we don't have data on that. But the point is that there are many people who are staying in the relationship for the children or for financial stability, and they're not actually committed to the relationship. They're just committed to not losing not being stuck without the relationship. And so I call that the toleration relationship because it is really characterized by tolerating the situation as opposed to inspired by it. Mm. Then there's the relationship which is passion, conflict-free and passion-free. Actually, you may have made that lovely uh noise because I misspoke in naming them. What I've just described is actually the termination, termination. relationship. Okay. Yes, it's the termination yes. relationship because termination is anticipated. And now I'm talking about the toleration relationship where the relationship is conflict-free and passion-free. Both people tolerate a lot in that relationship and it's as good as they believe it can be. It's where compromise comes in. Compromise is absolutely the most common relationship advice that is given. And it means we hold back the truth of who we are, our emotions, our desires, a deep level of authenticity because we believe it will make our partner uncomfortable keeping things comfortable for our partner and ourselves is one of the driving principles, even if it's not conscious, it is one of the driving principles in the toleration relationship, which is the most common kind of marriage. We have an epidemic of toleration relationships, people who are not thinking about leaving, but aren't truly truly lit up, alive, spiritually aligned and accessing joy in their marriage. They're doing fine. Things look good. They're stable, reliable, pleasant. And then we have the conscious partnership where it's just as you said earlier, people use their relationship as a vehicle for personal growth, as an arena for transformation and embodiment and evolution, which brings more passion too. And I think that that's the direction that everyone would desire to be in in relationship, uh, to move towards that conscious partnership. In those other types of relationships, particularly the toleration one, um, there tends not to be any talk of dreams and desires and future because we kind of get, I think, stuck in the rut. I think many people will find themselves 
either stuck in the rut or starting to withhold in terms of what they're really feeling, not telling the truth, all of these different things which start to build walls and barriers. And so when we're looking at conscious partnership, what is the very first step to moving beyond that withholding, that um, lack of even knowing the self's own desires and dreams and insights about what is wanted within the relationship? Well, I'm going to say there's a pre-first step, which is being willing to admit that what you have isn't actually working for you. Now, for people who are on the verge of divorce, this is a relatively easy thing to do. For people who are deeply committed to their partner and not wanting to change things up from a practical perspective, it takes a lot of courage and it feels confronting to realize you're not fully satisfied. But that is the what I'm calling pre-first step. And then the real first step is to cultivate curiosity. And I often talk about cultivating curiosity in relation to your partner, being interested in who they are and seeing them with fresh eyes because they have continued to grow and evolve, even if they are the same person in many ways. But in the way that you've asked the question, I actually would say that the first step is to cultivate curiosity within yourself. It is so much easier to complain and identify dissatisfaction in a relationship. But within every complaint, there's a desire. So the first step is to cultivate curiosity and access the courage to identify what are your desires. And I don't mean sky-high radical desires like I feel incredible ecstasy whenever I'm in the same room as my partner. I'm going to have you pause right there, Alexandra, so we can continue that part of the conversation after this commercial break. If you turn down the volume on what matters to you in everyday life, papering things over to keep the peace and compromising on things that are important, you end up sacrificing more than you ever meant to. Avoiding topics because they will be awkward or unpleasant means you're holding yourself back and abandoning your own soul for the sake of the relationship. We are whole beings, and when we numb ourselves, override our needs, ignore our desires, neutralize our yearnings, and withhold our truest feelings on a regular basis, we don't have easy access to them in times of passion and intimate self-expression. This is where the blueprint for conscious partnership comes in. Dr. Alexandra Stockwell shows you the way to cultivate the fourth kind of relationship, the conscious partnership. You can find out more at alexandrastockwell.com and definitely get your copy of her book, Uncompromising Intimacy, Turning Your Unfulfilling Marriage or Relationship into a Deeply Satisfying Passionate Partnership. We'll be right back with more of Alexandra and her conversation on uncompromising intimacy right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. Before we uh, start speaking with Alexandra Stockwell again about uncompromising intimacy, I want to mention that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life can be overwhelming, and many people are burned out. Without even knowing it, symptoms can sometimes include a lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. We associate burnout with work, but that's not always the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. And with BetterHelp Online Therapy, they want to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. We certainly have been through quite a period the last few years, and life is constantly changing. So to have the support of someone that you can speak to can be tremendous in terms of creating greater fulfillment and joy in your life. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. By mentioning 1111 Talk Radio, listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11 and spell out the word 11. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash 11. This is um, a wonderful organization 
that is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not be locally available in your area. It is offered to clients worldwide, and you get timely and thoughtful responses. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they want you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website at betterhelp.com forward slash 11, and you can read uh, many of the testimonials that are on there and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So get your special offer for 1111 Talk Radio listeners and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash 11. Have hot, passionate, and deeply satisfying sex with your partner and fall in love all over again. Wanting more passion and intimacy and afraid that without it you'll end up divorced? Do you yearn to fall in love again, adored, cherished, and enjoying the feeling that comes with knowing your partner is deeply devoted to you? Dr. Alexandra Stockwell is a wife of 24 years and mother of four. She started her career as a medical doctor and went on to become a relationship and intimacy expert. And she has coached hundreds of men and women to transform their relationships. And in this book, Uncompromising Intimacy, she will help you too. You can learn how to escape the trap of being roommates with your spouse. Make love as if you're on your honeymoon. Fall deeply in love again, no matter how distant you are today. Move from sexless sexless and affection-starved to cherished and adored. Learn to communicate so you and your partner are working toward the same goals. Create and maintain sensual, intimate, dynamic relationship. And be a role model for your kids so they know what a great relationship looks like. You can find out more at alexandrastockwell.com. And again, the book is Uncompromising Intimacy. Before we get back into the cultivating curiosity conversation, that last statement, Alexandra, about being a role model for your kids so they know what a great relationship looks like. I would love to dive a little bit into that because I loved how in the book you talked about uh, being at the dinner table and uh, kind of experimenting with what it would look like when you were very attentive to your husband or when you were not or when you were more attentive to your kids and how you noticed different nuances and differences and the ways that the behaviors of those around the table uh, were because of doing that. How does deepening our sensuality and our sexuality and our intimacy in our primary romantic relationship, how does that actually support modeling for our kids? Yes, well, there are two elements to keep in mind. One is that we are human beings, we are mammals, and mammals' primary way of learning is through imitation. We don't learn calculus through imitation or geography necessarily, but all of our skills, presence, attitudes, inner dialogue, and behaviors when it comes to relationship, modeling and imitation is our primary way of learning. And then, of course, we can do therapy and coaching to go beyond. So I think it's very clear that how parents are creates a legacy moment by moment through giving children something to internally imitate. 
That is true on the one hand. On the other hand, in my marriage, so initially my husband and I were working 80 to 100 hours a week. We were medical students. We were residents. The first, we had babies in diapers. The first 10 years of our marriage, we were very, very busy and with a lot of meaningful responsibilities. And each of us just assumed once we had more time, the more intimate aspect of our relationship would heat up and be more self-expressed and gratifying because we thought that was the issue. We didn't have enough time. But then children were out of diapers. We were done with training. We had all of our weekends off. We had time after the children were in bed. And we discovered it was not just time that was needed. A little bit of time is important, but it is certainly not enough. And so I went on a whole journey to to find the way to enhance and enjoy and expand and deepen and make more spiritual our sex life, our sensual intimacy, the erotic energy between us. And once that was, so to speak, accomplished. It's a funny word to use. But anyway, once we had access to that, when we were making love, when we were in the privacy of our own bedroom, I realized how how ridiculous that was. This very important part of my body, soul, and spirit would be relegated to those small number of minutes when the children were in bed and neither one of us was too tired and we actually had time for attention. And I wanted not to be walking around naked or inappropriate with my husband in any way, but I did want to have access to the sense of intimacy, the erotic energy, and not have that be so restricted to just those times when that was the only thing we are paying attention to. So that's the context. Anything you want to say before I continue? I, I'd, I'd love for you to define intimacy for, for the audience, because I think that that's such a powerful word. And, and for many people, especially in such a mental society, we, we tend to analyze and defend and justify and try to explain and understand that intimacy doesn't really sit in the head and, and it's something that's much, much deeper. Uh, so if you can go a little bit into defining what intimacy is and also where does that intimacy begin? Does it begin with self? Does it begin with other? Okay, beautiful. So in more new age circles, people like to say intimacy is into me, you see. And I really don't like that definition at all because it puts the onus on it happening on the other person, whether or not they're actually seeing me. And that is all wrong. Intimacy is really the act of revealing myself to someone. And this is why we can have emotional intimacy, sensual intimacy, erotic intimacy. There are many different flavors. That wasn't an exhaustive list by any means, but there are many different flavors of intimacy. And I think of them as 
as bringing who I am and having the tenderness, the courage, the, the, um, the inspiration to really share who I am. That is where it starts. So intimacy is actually a very spiritual journey and it is a, like a, an embodied self-awareness practice. And the more that I can connect with who I really am and share that, allow that to be seen by my partner, the more connection we access. I love that. And, and, and to, to divide intimacy into uh, different modes of expression, I think, is very powerful because it's so easy for us to, to just blanket statement a word and not go into the many dimensions that it actually possesses. So to be able to be intimate with the word intimacy is, is quite <laughs> powerful as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. And if we are disconnected from ourselves, we do not have access to intimacy with another person. And if we have intimacy with another person, we simultaneously deepen our relationship with ourselves. It's why I think this conversation is so well-placed on your show, because this, this is a conversation that can happen with a lot of R and X-rated words, and this is a conversation that can happen with only G-rated words, and it sounds like we're talking about an incredible, compelling spiritual journey, and both are true. This is, this is the, the gift of this topic. It's the gift of the evolution, growth, and embodiment and connection to the divine that is possible in the context of long-term relationship. And I'm not, I'm not spiritual bypassing the challenges that arise with another human being, but in working through them, in learning to be true to yourself and receive your partner in the kind of intimate fullness we're talking about, the most incredible expansion occurs. So Going back to your question from a few minutes ago, I recall very distinctly being in my home with my four children in the living room, making a mess and not cleaning it up. And it was the end of a long day. My husband was not yet home from work. I don't remember the particulars. I just remember being really frustrated. And I was sauteing onions for dinner. And I had my wooden spatula on my cast iron frying pan. And I was kind of frustratingly moving that wooden spatula with anger and intensity around that frying pan. And it occurred to me that those onions would cook just as well if I had less of a grip on the spatula and I caress them around the frying pan, or in any case, I just loosened up and danced with them, interacted with them in a more playful, loving, more delightful way. And as soon as I did that, I started breathing more deeply, and the aroma from the onions became pleasurable. And this was my 
enlightenment moment of really seeing how I create my own experience. The circumstances didn't change one bit, but suddenly I was swaying my hips a little bit. I was smiling and I was really enjoying the movement and the smell and anticipating the flavors of these sauteed onions. And it occurred to me that I could do that in all kinds of other contexts as well. That's brilliant because I think self-realization, it really is that deeper, intimate exploration with oneself. And I know we're going to go into the six points um, or some of the six points after this commercial break, which will help to deepen that intimacy both internally and externally with the partner. I am with Dr. Alexandra Stockwell, and she is the author of Uncompromising Intimacy. And I'd like to share with you a little bit from her book. She knew it would mean one partner counting on telling the other the truth. Here she's talking a little bit more about moving towards conscious partnership, especially truths that the person wasn't seeing on their own. This might even mean calling out shadow qualities and feelings causing shame. However, it is just as likely that it would mean revealing unacknowledged greatness and articulating superpowers, because both kinds of qualities are typically more apparent to a woman's partner than they are to her. A conscious partnership is one where both partners treat the relationship as a vehicle for personal transformation, where both people learn to bring all of who they are into the relationship and learn to love and be loved exactly for that. A conscious partnership defies the age-old teaching that successful marriage requires compromise. In fact, it's being unwilling to compromise that is the key to passion, fulfillment, intimacy, and success in relationships. This is from the book Uncompromising Intimacy. Turn your unfulfilling marriage into a deeply satisfying, passionate partnership. You can find out more about Alexandra Stockwell if you go to her website, alexandrastockwell.com. I'd like to also mention that two of the books of my new trilogy are out, Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience and Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. I invite you to explore these. They are not meant to be read quickly. I actually only want you to read a paragraph or two per day, uh, perhaps from one book in the morning and from the other book at night. It will serve as a beautiful oracle in showing you your multidimensional experience. You can click on the banner at the top of the show page to find out more. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Alexandra Stockwell and Uncompromising Intimacy right after these messages. Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. 
Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Alexander Stockwell, and we are talking about uncompromising intimacy. Uh, within the book, she has uh, created six essential qualities for conscious partnership. And um, one of those qualities happens to be choosing happiness. And she says in her book, you can be right or you can be happy. And you might respond by saying, why can't I be right and happy? If you're in a relationship and you're focused on being right, what that usually means is that your partner needs to be wrong. And for most people, being right implies that other viewpoints, feelings, and experiences are wrong. There are actually two distinct issues with being right. The first one is related to making the partner wrong. Being right can be gratifying in your short term, but ultimately it works against you. The second uh, reason, it undermines the health of your relationship, and that comes from a place of certainty, which is the opposite of being curious. You might think that the goal of conflict is to win, but it isn't. The real goal of a conflict is to understand both yourself and your partner better. I think that that is wonderfully stated. You started off, Alexander, with step one. Uh, which you recommend is cultivate curiosity. You also go on to the book to say that there's no hierarchy between these six steps, that any one of them can be started and moved into the subsequent ones, but that your recommendation is cultivating that curiosity. And I love how you did that for yourself. You began exploring many different types of classes and different types of uh, sensual and, and sexual workshops and different types of explorations in a way more so to expand yourself. Talk a little bit about how that deepened your own intimacy. And I think it's really powerful because a lot of women um, may not have opened themselves up in that way. I 
have come from an Indian background with an arranged marriage. And so, you know, sex was kind of a taboo thing, even though we have the Kama Sutra <laughs> in our culture. In, uh, in, in our relationship, it was more of a, a taboo thing. So that was not something that was fully discussed or open or um, celebrated as much in, in the culture that I, or the family upbringing that I came from. So I found it really fascinating in how you uh, were curious and you allowed yourself to explore some different things, which really did expand your ability to bring yourself more intimately and vulnerably into your relationship. Yeah, so that's lovely to hear about you and having had an arranged marriage. I actually have an unusually large percentage of the clients I've coached who are Indian. And the reason it's unusual is that I'm not Indian. I'm not particularly a participant in an Indian community, but there is something that uh, I think really speaks to people who are raised in a more mm, restrictive culture who yet can feel how much more is possible because of all of the spiritual invitation to that. And I really love to take that spiritual expansion expansion and bring it into the body. And I think in many ways it's because that was my journey. I think I like most uh, girls and women raised in this country just assumed that the key to passion and sexual fulfillment was having a good lover, having someone skillful touch me in ways that were wonderful. But the problem with that perspective is that I'm then looking for someone else to know me and my body better than I know myself. And that is really unlikely to lead to sustained passion. So yes, I took classes, I have to say that I didn't even really know what I was looking for. I, I didn't have that clarity. It's more that I allowed myself to, to pursue teachers in contexts that I didn't actually know exactly how they fit into my life. That was really the main thing is that I gave myself permission to just explore, be a little bit like a child in a playground but with more mature things. And what I learned was that I needed to enjoy being in my own body. I needed to look in the mirror and like what I saw. I needed to put my hands down my skin and go slowly enough to enjoy the sensation. I needed to learn how to put lip gloss and lipstick on because I felt good. And there was a very profound transition from doing it because of the impression it would make on someone else to doing it for my own pleasure. And once I learned how to do that in the way that I've described that really was the biggest thing that I took into how my husband and I touch one another. I brought my ability to feel pleasure rather than sticking it on him to provide it. That's really, really powerful. You brought your ability to feel pleasure. I think that that's to even get in touch with that for many women 
is uh, a whole path of personal growth within itself. Because many women are really not tapped into what true pleasure means for them. Yes, and really, how would they be? (laughs) We are not taught it. We are not rewarded for it. It doesn't ever show up on the to-do list, but I hope any woman listening puts it at the top of her to-do list because it really is like adding salt to a meal. It enhances everything getting dressed in the morning, making a presentation at work, putting kids to bed, going on vacation. I'm just thinking of random activities that might be part of someone's life. Whatever your life consists of, it is enhanced, more gratifying, and your contribution expanded when you have the experience that you can feel pleasure that you can pivot and put your attention into enjoying being in your own body and in your own life. Mm, That's beautiful. I think that that will bring a lot of awareness, just that little bit of the conversation, much less the rest of the show. We only have a few minutes left, and I'd love to go into one other of the six. And that one is vulnerability. And you talk about vulnerability mattering, and that when we share our lives with someone and we withhold important truths that it's impossible to have an unfettered, open-hearted connection. And you go on to talk about brutal honesty versus vulnerable honesty. I want to talk a little bit about the distinction between those two and withholding, you know, why people withhold and what that does to relationship. And uh, we have about three or four minutes left, so I'm just going to let you talk. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I think it's very easy to take an either-or approach, meaning we prioritize our partner being comfortable and withhold, but when we withhold, we are creating disconnection. It's not possible to just be separate in one area and then be fully expressed and centrally alive in another. So That's the downfall of withholding. In terms of brutal honesty, sometimes people will hear, oh, it's important to be self-expressed, to say the truth, and end up saying it in a way that causes unnecessary harm. Sure, you're telling the truth, but it also creates disconnection. So when I teach vulnerable honesty, I'm really teaching how to be aware of what's true for you and be able to express it with some tenderness and courage rather than aggression, no blame. Vulnerability does not include blame or judgment. It's just a sharing of an internal truth. And when you share that, in a way that's calibrated so your partner can receive it. The most amazing things happen in a relationship because that is a connection based on the reality within. Mm. You know, to be vulnerable in that way, to, to really keep it centered on the experience that oneself is having and be able to share that. And I see why these are connected because it goes into being kind 
next, which has everything to do with the tone of voice with which we speak, the tenor in which we are expressing. Um, it really is reshaping who we are from the inside out. And, and that in itself is, number one, becoming deeply intimate with oneself. But number two, it's saying I'm not going to compromise being my highest and best self. That may be a, 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 an undertone or a subconscious way of approaching it, but it does feel as if someone is really rising into the full self-expression of who they are when they're committing to these six points. Yes, that's very true. And these six qualities really, it's easy to read them and think they're so basic cultivate curiosity, be kind, choose happiness, take responsibility. What's the big deal? But when a couple or an individual actually goes through my methodology and applying them, it's like a secret sauce that transforms things one small adjustment at a time. There's nothing dramatic in the application of what I share in my book but it creates rather dramatic, beautiful results. How would you recommend uh, a couple taking this book and really um, getting the most juice out of it for themselves and their relationship? Well, there are, I suppose the most juicy way is for a couple to read it together or listen to it together on Audible, probably read it together because at the end of every chapter, there's an exercise, and when you do it together, you have an experience of really integrating what has been covered in the chapter before, and that builds on itself. I've had people read the book and just do one exercise and feel like it transformed their relationship. I also hear from people where in a heteronormative relationship, just the woman, but also just the man read the book and start applying the principles, maybe sharing them with their spouse, maybe not. And the relationship that has been sticky and stuck starts to smooth out and there's more closeness and connection. So in a way, I'm avoiding your question because whatever you're willing to commit to is a good way to use my book. But I suppose the highest version of it would be to both read it and to do each exercise before going on to the next chapter because it's a very layered intentional approach which is very simple in each of the elements beautiful beautiful thank you so much alexandra for being on 1111 talk radio and bringing this wonderful work uh, to everyone Kindness is most often conveyed in our tone of voice. We can say the exact same words, but when we are unkind, we can sound derisive, judgmental, dismissive, superior, skeptical, resentful, and angry. In contrast, when we are being kind, our tone can be soft, warm, humble, direct, uncomplicated, and loving. In fact, 30% of what we communicate is conveyed through the tone of our voices and it's invariably the portion we are least aware of. This is from Alexandra's book, Uncompromising Intimacy. If you are in a partnership, I suggest you get a copy of this. Uh, you and your partner go through it, or you could simply go through it. And the work that Alexandra does is not just for couples. 
that are in relationships in this way. She does also work with mother, daughters, sisters, and other individuals that are wanting to deepen the intimacy of their relationships as well. Find out more at alexandrastockwell.com. You can find that website in the bio description of the guest page. Once again, it has been a pleasure being with you this week. Check out my new books, Living and Being, first and second book of the new trilogy, and I look forward to being with you next week. In love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. I am Simran. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.